Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Do Well podcast. I am your host Ankit Shrivastava. In this podcast, we talk with guests from different walks of life about the actions that we can take to create a more sustainable planet. Today, we are deep diving into the education sector and we are speaking to Viplav Raj Sharma, who is the general manager of operations and analytics at Great Learning. Great Learning is an online higher education platform. I had a great time speaking with Viplav, so let's dive straight in. Hey Viplav, thanks for joining. How are you? Hey Ankit, I'm good. I'm good. Pleasure is all mine. We have uh-huh. been wanting to do this for quite some time and you know <laughs> finally have been passing ships. Finally we managed to uh, you know get together at the same time. So thanks for doing this. No, no, thanks. Thanks, Viplav. Uh, Viplav, to begin with, would you mind giving a quick background about yourself so that our audience know who they are listening to? Right, sure. Absolutely. So, um, I'm an engineering graduate from computer science who has spent uh, almost eight years of my, uh, you know, uh, career uh, in analytics space. I happened to join the bandwagon at the right time uh, in history and in one of the best places to work with which was which grew up to be uh, one of the largest uh, pure play analytics mm-hmm. startups in India which was Musigma and I spent good 6 to 7 seven years there first few years actually working hands on coding uh, building solutions for uh, a variety of companies uh, across um, US Europe uh, and Australia and then finally also uh, managed to see up close how a, a business organization can uh, make use of analytics to uh, to take better decisions and uh, help uh, achieve their uh, goals and strategies after that uh, i jumped around and i got interested in education so i uh, worked with uh, one university in melbourne uh, which is one of the oldest universities there RMIT mm-hmm. and uh, I was leading an analytics and insights team there um, there again I got a chance to build a team from the scratch and um, work for some time uh, to again solve uh, business problems for the university and right now uh, for last two years I have been working in education space uh, in one of the leading uh, tech players in um, uh in in the space of uh, upskilling uh, for working mm-hmm. professionals especially mm-hmm. in the um, 21st century competencies is what we call them like ai data science uh, in a cloud computing etc so um, i'm looking at the delivery for our international business interesting oh that that's an interesting journey from from analytics to education <laughs> what what made you uh, switch to the education sector um telling to some extent the seeds were planted uh, long ago when i was a kid and i i grew up uh, you know in a family where there were teachers around and my mom herself is a teacher and i i would help her at some point in time and i could see the the impact the power that uh, you know a great learning session has on everyone involved in it and i myself have had um, uh, you know a lot of opportunities has been very fortunate to learn um Uh, from uh, some of the best people and uh, with some of the best people 
Uh, and I've always uh, been of the belief that the way education system has been, it's, it's not right. And I also had that, um, you know, passion to be, uh, to be back into startup, uh, you know, story to be a part of startup story. And uh, this, this opportunity uh, seemed really interesting for me to, um, to, to take up. So I just, you know, over time developed a passion for education and wanted to fix things. And this is my little bit in fixing the much bigger problem. Interesting. Interesting. Good. So, I mean, so we, we recently, we have obviously, we have all heard of the huge deal making and investments uh, that have been happening in the education and, and more importantly, in the ed tech space in India um, the last couple of months. Uh, probably some of it was because of COVID. But could you, could, you, could you give us a brief overview of the education landscape currently in India? And when I say education landscape, I'm probably referring to the ed tech space more. Right. No, absolutely. No, there has been, um, as they say, uh, in corporate world, uh, and especially in, 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 when you're in different industries, it's a hockey stick curve right now and COVID happened to be the trigger, um, uh, for that curve. I think the, the foundations were already there. And broadly, if you look at the education space in India, you would see that, um, the biggest, biggest piece of the pie right now is in the K-12 segment, uh, which mm-hmm. is, um, you know, the, educational services and uh, the learning ecosystem, different products, um, or, uh, you know, bringing, uh, you know, tutors and mentors to people so that they can do well on their usual subjects is where the biggest segment is. Um, and a lot of uh, deals, uh, so to speak, that have happened in last, I would say, uh, six months or maybe first quarter, first half of 2020, um, a lot of them were in that segment. Mm. Apart from that, I think there are two other segments which are which are pretty pretty significant, and I do uh, see them, uh, you know, growing really really fast as more and more people uh, complete a few years in the corporate world and figure out that they need to learn more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so one is the working professional upskilling, and the mm-hmm. other is uh, broadly on the career front, right, where there are solutions. Mm-hmm. Basically, companies were coming and providing solutions for how to get people job ready, right? So I think if you look back in time and say at one point in time, it was if you knew how to work on computers, uh, you know, your job will be like, you know, you, you are uh, next five to 10 years are secure. Like there was a time when SAP became a very big thing and everyone mm. was, you know, doing SAP certifications. Mm. Uh, so uh, I think uh, those kind of uh, capabilities are also something that people are looking to um, deliver as a part of value proposition, which is either you give you prepare them for interviews or you give them some foundational knowledge on various tools that are required for somebody to do uh, not very complex but still uh, a job that requires usage of certain certain you know tools and you know uh, certain maybe base and mm. play to basic numbers right and that that's mm. another stage. So um, broadly, you know, uh, those are uh, the three sex segments uh, that I see and the biggest obviously being the K-12 one with the mm. likes of Fightu and, you know, Whitehead Junior recent success, Vedan exactly. 2, uh, you know, all these are, uh, you know, the, the rock stars, as they say, of the startup, <laughs> startup space in EdTech, uh, at least in India right now. And uh, they all are, uh, the, you know, at, at K-12 segments. So that, that's a very um, interesting point you make about uh, skilling and especially reskilling because I mean we all we all know that uh, the previous generation my father for example he joined a job at when he was uh, 20 21 22 and he continued in that job for 
uh, for maybe 35 40 years till the time we retired but yeah. uh, i mean beginning from our generation maybe uh, at least in india i i, I think we'll have uh, yes and we are already having multiple careers uh, uh, within our lifetime so so the capability and the ability to be able to reskill and reskill effectively i think would be mm. more more important as we move forward uh, uh and and we'll come to and we'll come right. to the uh, we'll come to the nep policy which is very interesting in india but i mean before mm. that uh let's talk about the private education sector that already exists why right. do you think that's such an important sector in the country um there are multiple angles to it ankit actually and um, i think there is definitely a systemic problem here but let me not uh, you know give any uh, <laughs> you know not of having understood what the bigger problem is but i can talk about certain aspects number one mm-hmm. is that i think the overall education system is elitist it's favored towards people who are privileged and who have uh, you know uh, the the means and the resources and you know some kind of background to build upon and get into the best institutions where the best minds come and collaborate and i think uh, you know you have been a part of that institution it's you know yes there are there is tremendous intellectual um, uh, you know um, uh, asset or uh, you know mm-hmm. wealth in those institutions in terms of faculty but i think the real learning happens because you you know rub shoulders with some of the best minds and learn together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and uh, what that means is that a large part of your society is basically marginalized and um, on mm-hmm. top of it you add the angle of uh, you know the education being something like a standard right you can't yeah. um you can't just you know learn from anywhere you it has to be authorized by a regulatory body there has to be certain accreditation uh, you know uh, involved and you know some kind of recognition involved right which means mm-hmm. that again uh, the 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 node the root node of the whole private education sector itself kind of meets the traditional system at some place which means mm. that the uh, po- possibility and opportunity for innovation is is kind of minimized right and mm. uh, and uh, at the same time the demand was not so there was a huge upsurge in demand as middle class got wealthier and more people start sending their kids to school and there was more need for higher education uh seats uh, or you know if i can say uh, if i can use that word and suddenly you know there was need for so many colleges and the you know it just replicated you know what was there and yeah. it was just all a pure you know basically it was just pure profit organizations which had no uh, investment in uh, innovating the whole uh, whole learning mm-hmm. journey for somebody who is graduating right i mean look at how our degrees have evolved over time i think yeah. they have been four years for last 50 years hmm. right and nobody has thought about you know why do you need to learn for four years why not two years right how the industry hmm. landscape is changing what is the employability hmm. quotient of these guys who are passing out so hmm. uh, so i think that, that is where a lot of private players came in i would call it I'll call it a business corporate uh, nexus uh, in some some <laughs> and with, with no with no you know bad intentions it just happened the way it is it was organic it was to happen and Un- unless something else uh, you know could happen which did not so it happened and you know these guys also had good relationships with you know corporates and wherever they had good relationships means they could ensure uh, you know more placement and that kind of became the benchmark of private education in india where could the placement be and nobody was looking at whether you know a, a mining engineer is actually getting placed in tcs as, as a software engineer nobody cared about it right and or you know somebody from uh you know some uh some unrelated degree uh, goes and you know ends up doing uh, doing the software job and 
that's what happened. So uh, that's how the whole private uh, education system beyond K-12 segment came about over, I think, last 20 years. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I think uh, to, 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 to your point of uh, people doing software jobs, I think not just education, uh, it was also a function of uh, the broader economy and the type of jobs Absolutely. that were that were available to the uh, to the uh, students. Uh, yeah, but uh, I think from an education perspective, you touched upon the post K-12 uh, education there. Uh, let's mm. focus on that. Uh, uh, and that's uh, that I know and you focus on that as well. What are some of the interesting things that are happening currently in India in the post K-12 space? Hmm. See, uh, post K-12 as well, I think, you know, you can break it down further into uh, into two sub-segments. One is the whole degree game, right? Where there are undergrad degrees and post-grad degrees. So I think... Hmm. Uh, there, the most interesting thing is the new education policy, um, which has come in just this year. I don't know when it's going to get actually actually executed, but mm-hmm. um, I think there are a lot of new ideas there and good, uh, you know, proposals. Then the other segment is after that degree, uh, you know, game, right? Where you know people are in the in the market, and you know there is certain question over their future and employability or people who have been in some kind of role for eight, 10 years. And connecting back to the example you gave earlier, uh, if mm-hmm. you look back at the, um, at the history of how workforces have been engaging with different companies or you know, with their work, you would observe that, you know, that there was that clear trend of sticking with one organization you know, for throughout the life, and that was an honorable thing to do. And people were happy. But now... Um, in, the, in the modern workforce and which uh, I, I foresee happening over the next 20, 30 years is definitely that you're going to be uh, working with way more, more number of organizations. I think within our generation, uh, it has already happened. And then future, it's going to be just moved towards more autonomous and freelancing. And in that mm-hmm. space, you know, the overall trend is that, you know, a professional needs to be empowered, right? By mm-hmm. not the security provided by the organization, but by uh, the skills uh, that a professional can develop and accumulate over time, the 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 wealth of action that somebody has performed, and uh, you know, good action, and that is uh, that is the, uh, the the critical piece here. That the need for upskilling, like you were saying earlier, it is just mm-hmm. so much so much uh, real right now, and you can't just sit on your laurels and expect that things will always be rosy for you. Uh, so now uh, mm-hmm. between and there, the interesting thing that's happening is. Uh, I think um, uh, the the broader theme is that earlier, uh, if you look at late eight, I mean eight, uh, late late eighties and nineties, and uh, you saw the mm. boom of you know tech sector and IT sector, and at that time for next twenty years, it kind of just simply defined the the shape of economy for at least you yeah. know majority of the world. I mean not just India, I think right, and mm-hmm. uh, it just completely you know changed what was looked at bare minimum proficiency and capability versus not. The same thing is now happening. On uh, on the data science and the the, the whole cloud computing uh, side, and you know all of us know it's the start of fourth industrial revolution, and uh, and what that means is now that people who have been in the in the jobs for ten years and twelve years, they are the ones now, you know, really uh, looking at ambiguity, and they are mm-hmm. the ones who are really looking at okay, if I do not actually develop uh, these three more things, then you know I don't think I'll be relevant, and I don't think mm-hmm. I'll be able to contribute valuably, uh, you know, uh, into uh, any project or you know, any endeavor or any any assignment that I take with any organization because 
no matter what function you are now every function uh, you know needs to work with data analyze data manage data yeah. and take decisions based on that so that's yeah. uh, that's happening on the working working professional segment side interesting no that that's absolutely true and 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 again again i will touch upon something that you talked about the the nep uh, the uh, uh, for people for our audience members who might not know nep nep is the new education policy that the government of india launched earlier this year and as yeah. viplav said i mean it has uh, it's it's very uh, ambitious in nature it it changes the way the country is supposed to think about primary education about mm. skilling opportunities obviously we'll have to wait and see how that pans out in terms of implementation uh, because uh, uh, it might take some time for such changes to come into effect but let's mm. focus on nep for a second vipla do mm. you do you think that nep will help create new sort of business model especially around the skilling challenges in india because if i mm. remember correctly they the nep prescribes that uh, a certain percentage of school hours should go towards skilling uh, the students uh, and when i say skilling i mean actual uh, skills that can be used on uh, in a factory shop or as you said in technology uh, etc so do you do you think nep sort of changing the way uh, current uh, businesses provide education or edtech opportunities to to different students hmm. right see as a policy document i think it's a fantastic document uh, what the the vision that has been laid out for the education system of the future is i think like you rightly said very ambitious but i think also in the right direction um hmm. and uh, the the challenge with that kind of uh aspirational uh, vision is that you know there's a lot of work that goes that has to go into you know execution of that right and the added complexity here in the execution is uh, is uh, not just the massive scale uh, of and the complexity of making that change mm. actually reflect on the ground but also your playground is changing all the while you're doing this so say mm. if it, there's this span that you know say government of india is looking at till next 10 years right maybe right and then in 10 years what looks like a good playground uh, you know might completely change right now you are uh, so for example let's take skills right now when mm-hmm. asking the question you took example of somebody who can work in the factory right mm-hmm. in 10 years time there might not be any people in the factory yeah right so so what does that you know skill uh, mean you know uh, so but you know coming back to the key tenets i think why i think it's a it's a right step ahead is number one i think there is a lot more flexibility introduced into the whole learning journey right you start mm-hmm. from kg and you go to say post grad there is way more right now it was like broad chunks you get into a school you go in a very structured manner you know till 12th and you study exactly mm-hmm. same things everybody studies the same thing and then um, you know there is a big argument around you know how it kills creativity and there is a pop culture that has been defined on this philosophy and let's not go in there but uh, uh, you know after that you go into undergrad whatever x number three or four years and then you do a post grad that's it that's a journey and you know uh, even mm-hmm. after you start a particular course and you say in six months realize hey i mean i was so naive i didn't know i didn't want to do this i want to do something else that opportunity mm-hmm. was uh was not there or if it was there it was very bleak and very few mm. people could actually do it so 
this new system has introduced more flexibility and i think it is already a standard in many developed economies and in countries where there is a credit system where you could actually you know do one semester in one college and go and do another mm. semester in another college which is not very mm. common in india and uh, that has yeah. been put in here which is great the other factor that i definitely think is um, is very uh, uh, very important to note is is like you said the, the skill factor now uh, the way uh, the way uh, we are thinking about say the whole journey is kind of pivoted earlier it was okay these are subjects and you learn them and you you pass and that's it now it's like okay there are subjects to learn but there are things to do as well and you know let's mm-hmm. focus on you know the actual practical skills that a modern human being needs to deploy in the real world for example right how many of us actually studied basic laws if i get caught on the street by somebody questioning my my behavior how many of us feel empowered to even argue uh, you know on my basic rights which i think again mm-hmm. is very common in 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 places like the us right so very common mm-hmm. people know their basic rights and that kind of awareness is not there because there is no focus in our system right so uh, on on those things and then apart from that you know obviously uh, with tech kind of permeating through almost every aspect of our life uh, i don't see it far away when it will kind of uh, you know go all the way down to um, say you know lower high school even right it's already coding and you know all that stuff is already there from 6th and 7th onwards now it probably is going to go backwards from there and you already see that trend you already see uh, you know there is um, this huge uh, you know uh, just to quote an example there's a controversy right now in india where um, you know whitehead junior which recently got acquired uh, and they were got evaluated um, uh, really uh, really well they have been running massive campaigns and there are uh, there's a controversy around uh, a position that are they trying to sell fear to the parents to kids who should actually be enjoying their playground and backyard by mm-hmm. trying to force parents to uh, you know get their kids to learn coding at the age of whatever you know 8 9 right mm-hmm. and 5th or 6th or whatever that mm-hmm. that age is so mm-hmm. um there is that angle to this as well but coming back to the overall point i think the the uh, the overall these three things i i think stand out one is overall flexibility um second is you know the the focus on action the skills uh, you know get people to do more stuff outside of just learning and uh, passing exams uh and and third i think will be uh, this whole tech permeating through through different layers and when you think of a skill up you know a skilling or vocational training or vocational education as it is um yeah. you know called traditionally uh, you know you will be primarily talking about things that have something to do with computer or coding or you know uh, uh working with applications uh, and things like that hmm. true true Uh, and and I, i think that's a that's an important point right i mean especially around uh, the fact that tech is is permeating uh, our lives considerably so a large chunk of uh, the new education setup would probably focus on the skills needed to suc- to be successful in 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 such such an ecosystem absolutely um no two ways about it it's already happening um i've been involved in you know hiring more than 50 people uh, you know over last one one and a half year and and when i when i look at the kind of talent there is in the market and the kind of aspirations people have towards their future uh, and you know also uh, if you connect the dots across uh, you know what backgrounds they come from 
um, and you know what what kind of things they have done in the past, what kind of education they they have gone through. It's very clear. Everyone wants to already learn this because everyone knows it, whether somebody spells out or not. You know, people know, mm. and it's already happening. Uh, the other thing that I anticipate, or not not anticipate, I, I think foresee uh, rather to happen is mm. there will be a lot more focus uh, and well defined focus on. Um, the life skills, as I like to call them, and traditionally we call mm-hmm. them soft skills, but the skills around, uh, you know, which have to do more with the emotional intelligence side of things, your ability to deal with situations, the human element of it, right? And as the fear of all-powerful AI taking over human societies looms large, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, I am a very strong believer of the fact that it is only going to push human beings to be really good at what they are, which is being human. Because you know the 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 machine stuff of uh, mugging up uh, x number of words and figures and uh, you know uh, putting them when required on demand is already being done by uh, done by tech and will probably be done uh, by yeah. tech and AI you know way more so aspects around um, you know wellness aspects around how to how to deal with ambiguity complexity how to conduct yourself how to you know manage your 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 own growth. Uh, Mm. All those aspects will become extremely important, and people have to be way more self-aware. I think earlier, and you know, this will if we if we just extend this this logic, what will also happen is, uh, you know, earlier I think the whole system was biased to not let people grow because that was beneficial for everybody else, right? People to do mm. radical stuff, same things time and again. The system was biased to mm. to to not let people grow. Now I think the reverse will happen. System will. Systems True. and organizations will get biased to get human side of people out because they know that you know whatever is not human side they will automate if not today tomorrow. True. So if they want to build long term uh, long term uh, you know success in in their people and they they want them to uh, and and people will only work for companies where they can grow on that side because you know uh, that's uh, that's how the dynamics would be that's what that's how I foresee. Fair. Fair. Very very interesting because. Uh, yeah, I, I I had not thought about it from that angle. That's a very very interesting point you make. The value add for us humans would be around bringing the emotional intelligence as well as the capability, the ability to relate past experiences and predict what might happen in the future. Right. Uh, I right. mean, I, I mean, obviously, see, there is an added complexity around how do you, how do you create and uh, an education around soft skills or life skills, as you said, because uh, I believe these are more experiential in nature. But obviously, as yeah. as uh, the education providers evolve, they will figure out an efficient way to provide this experiential education to people. Because I yeah I agree with you. We I think we need it, and that's what will differentiate humans from machines as we move forward. Right, right, absolutely. And uh, just to add a couple of points on uh, how to enable mm-hmm. that, I think there is there is no need for us to, uh, you know, invent invent stuff. I think that the need is not we don't know what to do, or rather the gap is mm. not we don't know what to do. The gap is that it's not considered a priority. It's not considered mm. a priority to uh, to get people to learn how to manage their emotions, like you know, um, you know, we probably learn emotions when we are growing up as kids, and then and that's it. We are supposed to just know them and mm. identify them and spot them, but we are never told what to do with them, right? What failure is? How mm. to deal with sadness? You know how to deal with uh, deal uh, with you know pressure, stress situations, right? Uh, 
and and you, whatever we learn on the emotional intelligence is kind of you know by chance right and it yeah. typically happens uh with people who go through tough times early on in their lives right and they are forced to learn that right but a lot of people yeah. uh, are not and um, and uh, you know this kind of becomes even more difficult for people who manage to get to higher education right and then it's all it's all rosy story and, and nobody ever talks about these things because nobody is hiring on them nobody is you know paying for them so the only only kind of roles where these things get really focused on are either you know uh, when you're joining a people operations kind of role which is hr or you are you're joining a leadership role and apart from that i think a lot of uh, you know um, space is there where uh, i think there is extreme lack of focus not lack of knowing what to do to grow people mm. on that side interesting interesting i agree and i mean yeah i mean even even when you uh, even as an individual when you grow through the ranks and go into leadership position you are required to be able to tap into that Absolutely. Uh, uh, that resource Absolutely. and it's not always easy it's not always easy yeah good let's let's change uh, gears for a bit and let's uh, we've been talking about technology we've talked mm-hmm. about uh, uh, the people probably we are focusing on people who are already going to university mm-hmm. or already going to uh, higher education institutes let's talk about the as 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 we call it the next uh, uh uh 500 million people in india who might not have access to quality education who might be living in tier 3 tier 4 cities or who might be uh, financially for people and for those people where it might be financially unviable for them to access courses or access education currently which and because it's expensive for them how do you think the education system might evolve to provide education or or especially reskilling at scale to the people who are currently not able to access it yeah so that uh, that's kind of the next half billion segment which i think everyone is talking about in the indian market um which is uh, i think it's going to be extremely aspirational uh, first of all mm-hmm. i i believe i think uh, you know if i look back and i always believe history repeats itself and just mm-hmm. in slightly different shape and form but the essence remains the same and here what i see is you know uh, and the famous analogy that we use uh, you know when gavaskar came um, you know it it showed indians that we could fight when sachin came you know it showed indians that you know we could actually beat and when uh, you know uh, ganguly came you know everyone thought okay we could actually go out in their home and beat them right uh and then finally when dhoni came uh, it was like we could never lose right until yeah. the last ball so that's the evolution uh, and and i feel uh, that you know heroes uh, make societies uh, you know how they aspire how they you know, what they want to be why they get out of bed every day in the morning and the next generation is super aspirational they are not going to wait for a rigid uh, non flexible mm. system of the past to give them opportunities they will create their own system and which will be way more flexible they will be way more freelancing and people will just figure out how to upskill themselves and you know nobody is going to wait for four years to do a degree to get the first job i think people will start working much earlier i in fact foresee uh, you know uh, this going down to you know 12 13 14 years age i i i clearly foresee people mm. uh, you know figuring out at that early an age because of the mass permeation of internet that has happened in india 
people in 10 years time are going to like you know kids of 12 you know uh, th- 13 years of age are going to be super comfortable with technology around them and they're going to just start working from there they won't wait for next 6 years to start working and business and and corporates are going to look at that at, at that way Hmm. The only thing that's going to come in the way is the is the uh, human uh, the civil law side of things maybe uh, but, but but i think it will it will you know a kind of organically take a form where it's not a legal contract job rather it's more like a you know apprenticeship which will kind of collaborate with the for profit part of the sector in certain manner uh, but you know these these kids are going to uh, not rely on people to tell them uh, what to learn they will just learn by themselves and they'll figure out there's already so much innovation happening in india um and uh, you know there are going to be the overall you know like like this you know wealth is not a zero zero sum game so everyone <laughs> is is gonna gonna benefit and um and uh, and i think the the way um, i see happening is just uh, many many players doing many many different things um mm. and you know uh, kind of local markets uh, becoming self sufficient in some way uh, mm. and uh, i think that 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 i see um, the the counter argument to that is that you know one of these big players is going to come in and completely hijack like be the parent company which kind of then has mm-hmm. 100 mini companies under it because that's you know other big trend in the whole uh, economy uh, of india where uh, you know some big players are just consolidating and uh, you know it's it, anyone's guess what's going to happen um but uh, yeah i i think uh, interesting these are few- no no the, i i i agree and I, obviously they they are part of the economic cycle consolidation and then innovation but i mean yeah i agree i mean it is very exciting right and and i think as as you very very rightly said that a lot of it will be driven by the aspirations of a much more connected world than what we are used to uh and then those aspirations from the people themselves driving innovation helping create more solutions helping them become a part of the next wave of innovation so that yeah. they can benefit as well right on 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 that positive note uh, viplav uh this podcast uh, i have uh, the idea behind creating this podcast was uh to talk about how as individuals and as a society can we create a more sustainable planet for for ourselves and for our next generations i think education uh, will play a very very important role in in helping people understand the sort of actions uh, sort, sort of the uh, uh, results that their actions have on the planet not just in terms of uh, sustainability but in everything else or uh, what would be your advice to our listeners on the actions that they can take individually to help in this area when i say help in this area i talk about how can they for example help in the skilling in the new education innovation wave that we just talked about that will come over india hmm. see i think uh, one thing that um that i have come to learn over many years is that uh, you know financial sustainability is is uh, it's paramount and i think uh, mm-hmm. that is one not fault but i would say that, that that that's something that you have not been able to tackle well when it comes to education of of high quality education of societies at scale mm-hmm. i think um, 
you know uh, a lot of effort has and even in successful countries i think it's uh, it's driven a lot uh, with a welfare system uh, kind of point of view perspective whereas uh, where you know once it happens once you kind of put so much you know welfare uh, value input to to certain institution then it kind of becomes a bottleneck for uh, innovation so i would mm. say rather than uh, you know thinking about how do i uh, you know uh, or rather in addition to thinking about how do i get uh, to the to, to the best institution how do i get the best education or you know uh, how do i get my kids to get to the best universities um, i think all of us need to think about what is what is that i can do for um, you know uh, for for helping that uh, one bit of uh, uh you know uh, learning uh, helping with you know one bit of learning either you are a job or you know you can associate mm. yourself with uh, with so many uh, extremely aspirational and driven people who are working uh, valiantly in this space really trying to uh, you know bring all of these different aspects of technology and you know uh, future aspirations and uh, you know the problems of education together and trying to solve and you can always collaborate i think uh i think the, the 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 overall problem with the system ankit is that you know people who really uh have the the right intentions are not always uh, the people who have the right powers and you know mm-hmm. that bias is there and i think whatever you can do to bring the balance uh i think you should mm-hmm. do either through your work uh you know as as a part of the job uh, or or as a part of uh your community activities uh, where you get associated with you know could be anything uh, in your community where you go and uh, spread the awareness around you know what real education is and what is the role of education uh, in 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 people's development and i think one of the other problems with a lot of these initiatives is that it's a lot of talk right where people mm. you know go and talk about these things there are conferences organized and their decisions taken but i think when it comes to action people you know come back to the same thing right you know what is the profit right and uh, you know while i uh, i don't blame them um, or you know where while some people may partially blame them that you know it's not always for profit but i should also you know question the person who is coming up with that initiative you know why why do you not create something that is lucrative enough for people to come and help you right so uh, so that that's where the financial sustainability point comes in if you want to do really well on education uh, uh, front and you know create a sustainable society who is you know who has you know right knowledge right foundations right perspective on how to conduct themselves in life and be valuable member of society then you have to come up with ideas that are lucrative enough for people to actually try it out and it can't just be all with you know the golden principles and let's you know die for that cause because uh, you know uh, at the end of the day we are animals and it's a jungle and there is a certain checks and balance in in, in the system and you have to conduct within that within that uh, you know constraints and uh, and and i believe the opportunity now is more than ever because the way a little guy in a tier 3 city in india has been empowered with internet and through that window in his hand or her hand you know she can actually look into anywhere in the world and if we can just find ways to um you know uh, groom those people uh, in in the in the right manner and you know give them the right perspective on how to how to use this 
uh, use opportunity which i don't think any of us or anybody had before in previous generations then uh, i think over time you know we'll figure out we'll, i think absolutely absolutely hopefully this talk leads to some action <laughs> uh, on that note viplav uh, thank you so much for taking out the time it was uh, great speaking to you uh, i am excited about uh, the the next education wave and not what it will mean for the next billion people as we just talked about but again thank you for so much for your time thanks man thanks a lot pleasure is all mine i love i, I love talking uh, uh, to you and i love talking to uh, talking about uh, you know these ideas and uh, it was time well spent thank you thank you for hosting me thanks thanks viplav